Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Unapologetically Audacious. Boy, do I have a special guest for you. I did get to work with him once upon a time. He is incredible, well-respected. You might have actually watched him from the comfort of your own home. Everyone, ladies and gentlemen, Joey Slattery. Joey, thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this. It's been great to reconnect. Because we talked about, we worked together for a few years, but we've only seen each other face to face. This might be what, the second time? The second time. (laughs) Yes, you mentioned that. And I was thinking about that on my way here as well. And it's true. We worked together briefly from different stations back when you were in North Bay. I was in Sudbury back in this, you know, in television, the TV days. And here we are again, so many years later, six years later. Something like that? Something like that, yeah, because yeah. there was a heck of a journey in between the time you yeah. left for both of us yeah. uh, since then. So, yeah, it's it's been a while, but it doesn't feel like it either. <laughs> no, but Joey, I really want to unpack a lot of things that we've really been aligning with recently and we've really, we've really caught up on about. So, first of all, you went from being an incredible reporter, an anchor, your passion is in sports, you're doing so many amazing things, and you've recently actually departed CTV. And that is, it's extremely courageous to have done that. Something that I applaud you for, something that we certainly have alignment with and connected on. That's something I did so many years ago. And so I think a lot of people are going to be really interested about your journey, what all that was like. And so the first thing I want to know is you are this incredibly seasoned communications TV Um, incredible human being, and you decided to depart CTV. What motivated you and led to that decision? Well, thank you for that first off, but it was the easiest hard decision I've ever made, right? Like it's, it's hard to explain, but, um, but I guess some background in my journey. So yeah, like I actually started in Northern Ontario before you got there, because I think you were in Thunder Bay at first, right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I had started, I want to say 2013, um, in Timmins, which was my hometown, uh, before that I was in radio. Um, and if I even backtrack further to that, I always wanted to be in sports broadcasting, particularly like as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. Like this dream was something that was well ingrained. Uh, I realized at an earlier age that I was never going to be good enough to play pro anything. Um, you know, I could play high level in certain areas, but, um, I was always drawn into the sports broadcasting side, the sports casting side of things. Um, so I was crushed when I didn't get into, uh, Ryerson was like the only university I didn't get into, which is now, sorry, Toronto Metropolitan University, Ryerson at the time. Um, and so I remember thinking, okay, like, you know, I'm going to take over my dad as a financial advisor. That was kind of the plan. I was looking forward to it. You know, it kind of fit my personality and things like that. Um, so I went to school, I played lacrosse at Laurentian. Um, and one summer I stayed back in Sudbury for the, you know, to work over the summer and randomly met a girl that played on the soccer team who introduced me to my friend to this day, Spencer, Spencer, uh, McCall is her last name now, Shaw at the time. And, um, I remember thinking they're talking and they're like, well, you know, um, she tells me she's working at a radio station and the country station. And she says, oh, I'm working on the, the tailgate team. So like the street team. Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, and run a bar. I'm like, ah, oh, it's so cool. So on and so forth. And, um, well, they said, well, we need a guy. They were two women. And they're like, you know, we'd, we'd like to have a male presence. We couldn't find one. And I said, sure, give me a call. Right. So suddenly like that's a Saturday on Monday, I have an interview on Tuesday, I get the job. One thing rolls into another. We're hosting a, a you know, an on-demand show essentially. And then I'm doing news. 
Then I get an internship at the Fan 590 in Toronto, which is like, okay, like this is awesome. I'm here. Um, but I paved my like my own way. Like I I took communications at Laurentian, but like I didn't we didn't really do broadcasting or anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did a pro year at college after um like it was part of the program. So I was taking public relations. Went to Toronto and then um, a friend of mine, Kari, who was a friend of Spencer's, uh, gets me in contact with Mark Oldfield, who I don't think was there when you were there. I think that would I, I know. I heard all about him. Okay. So, yeah. you know, he he gave me the chance, right? Uh, and I'm forever grateful because it ended up being a great journey. So I'm in Timmins for three years. I moved to North Bay because there's a sports opportunity there. And I remember even in Timmins, I always forced sports, right? Like there was the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League and yeah. we had three teams in the market. So I really forced the sports guys that had the OHL teams. Like we have to cover NOJHL more, right? And they bought into it because that allowed us to hit communities in a positive manner that we wouldn't normally get to. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, the OHL opportunity comes up. And that's where we meet. Um, and it, But that was like a tumultuous time too uh, in my career because I'd been in Northern Ontario for five years. Uh, and at that time, there was not a lot of movement. Mm-hmm. And so I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we ended up buying a house in North Bay because we thought like we're probably going to be here for a while. Uh, and I really love North Bay. Like that's the one thing, like probably to this day, still my favorite city. Like, you know, especially because we put roots down there a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I remember like I just kind of hit rock bottom in my career, you know, for a number of factors Um, but I just, you know, I, I, I wasn't getting the support that I needed. I, you know, even from a management perspective, like I was kind of led to believe I wasn't good. And like, I just didn't feel that though. You know, I remember, um, having a zoom call with my manager at the time, uh, cause they wanted me to test a new technology, which is now used across the country at CTV. But I was one of like maybe three people using it at the time. So it was a lot of, you know, self-direction and how to fix things and whatever. Um, and I remember it was just an unfair assessment. I remember, you know, she kind of built it up saying, you know, we, we gave this to you hoping you would run with it and you really didn't run with it. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Right? Like I did, wasn't getting any direction. Um, so I asked like, so specifically, what do you want? She just wanted you to run with it more. You know, we were just expecting more. I said, well, that's an unfair assessment. So I had to leave the zoom call, like just kind of get out of it and go back into it, kind of reload. And so we had another meeting later on and I was just like, well, here's what I have done. Like I wrote the list. Right. And then there was no response to it really. Um, so I apply for a job in Regina. I don't get it. I remember I'm in Tampa, Florida going to a hockey game and I do not get this job, but the boss, uh, the manager there calls me back and he says, listen, um, we had to give the job to somebody else, but I really want you to work for me. So if there's ever an opportunity, I want you to apply. Sure enough. If you like, I want to say within a month, there's a posting that comes up. And it's a senior reporter job. I look at it and I'm like, ah, you know, to move. I just bought a house to move all the way across the country uh, or halfway across the country. And then he calls me and I see the number, you know, 306 area code. And uh, he says, hey, uh, just wondering if you saw that listing. And I said, uh, yeah, I did. I did. And he's like, well, I haven't seen your application. And I was like, oh, you know, I've been mulling over it. He's like, I want you to apply. So I apply get the job. And that changed everything. Like that revamped my passion. I was ready to go. I had a manager who believed in me, who was supportive. Um, and it was a great experience. And to the point where Edmonton, um, I got a call from global Edmonton to be a a video journalist out there. So, you know, moving up a market, everything else, I go down there for my interview and I meet up with a friend who had recently left Regina to work at CTV Edmonton. She introduced me to the manager there and we get off to talking and they say, oh, well, you know, <laughs> if you're coming to Edmonton, like we have a, a position we're trying to fill. And I legit say, no, thanks. Like I'm happy in Regina because <laughs> in Regina it was like a playground. Like it was not unionized. So I was able to anchor. Uh, I yeah. was reporting. I was getting top stories. I was producing. I got to do 
everything I couldn't do. I was checking off all the boxes I couldn't check off in Northern Ontario as a bureau reporter right, uh, or video journalist. And um, so I like development wise, I think that was probably like the most mature thing I could have done at the time. Like my development was in the right direction. I wasn't worried about money. I was worried about the development and I was getting it. I felt like I was getting better. And um, <laughs> my manager calls CTV Edmonton and says like, if you like, I'd like him to go if he can anchor. That's what he needs. He needs a, like a permanent anchor job because they would rotate me in like late nights for a week or two weeks. And then, right. you know, I'd fill in on the morning show or whatever. And, um, but he was like that supportive that he went out of his way to call them to make sure that he wanted me to stay, thought I had a better opportunity within CTV. I worked for a great manager there. Like she was tough. Uh, her name was Heather Kim. She was unreal. Like I still, to this day, when young reporters, I say, put Edmonton on your market. Like you want to work for this girl. Like she is tough, but you know exactly where you stand. And she gives you the, like, in my case, like speaking for myself, she gave me the tools I needed to get better and held me accountable. And I went, I was only there for like nine, maybe 10 months, like within a year before I went to Winnipeg and I was 180 degrees, like just that much better. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, it was, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable stop. And then I went to Winnipeg. It was great at first. You know, I was in the pandemic. I shouldn't say that. It was the pandemic. There was nothing going on at first. So it was a little bit stressful. Uh, but then I get my foot into things and, you know, I'm enjoying the sports. But then, like, things started piling up. Um, you know, I was hosting the morning show every now and again. Uh, so I worked every hour of the day while I was in Winnipeg. And, um, you know, eventually it started to get a little taxing. Just, you know, I was getting older. I didn't have the stamina anymore where you can just, and, you know, when you're young, you just kind of, do it. Right. Keep and going. that's the time you do do it. Like that is the time where you have the energy and you're, you know, you're motivated. Um, but yeah, then it, I guess push coming to shove. Um, I wanted to do other things. I got a, a contract with the Canadian elite basketball league where I still work uh, for the Winnipeg sea bears or covering Winnipeg sea bears, uh, live sideline reporting. And, um, we had a meeting about it because they said yes. And then they said no. And so we have a meeting, I air everything out and, um, Long story short, they didn't want me to take it because they didn't want me having a part-time job. And, you know, my argument is, well, we've had a collective bargaining agreement. It's way beyond inflation already. Like, this is just a few months ago, right? And we all know what's happened in the recent past. Um, So I said, you know, then let's talk salary adjustment. And they said, no, like, no, we don't do raises. And um, so I said, okay, like, you know, I'll be back with my decision on Tuesday kind of thing. Uh, cause they wanted me to not take the other job. So they allowed me to take that job after a little bit of fight. So I stayed with the sea bears, but then doing that, I realized like, I want to do more of this. Mm-hmm. So when it came to it, I'm, you know, pros and cons, you know, I've, I've accomplished everything, you know, like that I wanted to do, uh, with that position, you know, I became a sports director and I was, you know, anchoring sports highlights, you know, covering NHL, which I also did in Edmonton as well. So I'm like, I, I done what I want to do, but there was no basketball to do. Right. And that's the sport that I really love as well. So, you know, I just kind of looked at it and it's like, what else is there to accomplish both professionally and how does it like, where's the avenue to personal uh, happiness and, you know, growth and, and just fulfillment, I guess. Um, so yeah, I remember I went on holiday and I told my wife and I'm ready to go. Like, it's just like, I didn't that Monday I went in and I said, you know, I waited for my boss to get in and I said, you know, thanks for the opportunity after three years, but, um, I just, uh, I'm done, you know, the f- whatever Friday or, and whatever it was. And, um, yeah, like I finished off that week, did my last live hit, which was ironically the basketball team that I was uh, also covering. So it was just kind of like a full circle moment. Um, and I have no regrets like at all, like it was a really, really rewarding experience, but it was done. And, you know, I guess if I'm jumping the gun here, um, a lot of people had told me when, you know, you know, and I thought I knew a bunch of times, like there were, it's, it's a grind, right? So I thought I was done and, you know, I was feeling burnout. And then suddenly I knew, like, it's just like, 
a way to put it, you know, one of the coaches that I like, his name's Doc Rivers. I cheer for the Boston Celtics. He was the Celtics coach for a number of years. And he's one of his coaching rules is finish the race, right? Whatever you dream you're chasing, finish the race. But I think it's finish your race, right? When, and I think I might've even done an extra lap, but I left nothing on the table. So I was a hundred percent comfortable with leaving. Um, there was a bit of an identity crisis with that. I think a little bit that I was expecting, but no, like I look back at it, it's been nothing but rewarding, uh, the hard times as well. And I learned a lot that I'm going to take with me moving forward, but I was just ready for something new. All that for that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So first of all, I really do want to touch on the sort of identity portion there. But again, at the top of this, I mentioned it takes a lot of courage. We've spoken about this off camera too. Truly, Joey, I applaud you. And it is incredible to see how willing you were to be that courageous to one, walk away, but also make decisions along the way that you knew would lead you to your next best, the next best version of you while, you know, professionally, but, you know, subconsciously, uh, personally as well. So it's interesting because at the beginning, you said that when you were a kid, you always knew you wanted to do something in sports. You thought maybe it was an athlete, but when maybe you realized "Mm, that wasn't for me, you had this interest in broadcasting. So your dream already elevated there. You didn't, it, it went in a way that maybe you didn't expect. And now that's happening again for you. So that's something that's really very admirable and something that I think a lot of people are going to really resonate with and respect and value. So kudos to you truly. And congratulations. Like I've told you before on everything you've accomplished up to this point, because you really have chosen you throughout your entire career. And it's incredible to see where you are now. I appreciate that. And you know, even like, for instance, like you left like long before I did. And I even remember thinking like, wow, cause you know, you were anchoring the five and that was at a time when like those jobs were even harder to get. Um, and you know, you were doing really well at it. And then you left and I was like, wow, like, she gave up that opportunity. Like, I'm like, I, I just couldn't wrap my head around it. I respected it, but I was like, you know, I was so in the thick of my race. Right. And thinking like, man, like I just couldn't imagine getting to that point and like, and leaving. And then you get through that yourself. And I respect it even more. Right. Cause like all those things you're saying, I can say the same about you. And I do Thank say you. the same because that like you did it at a time way earlier. Um, and when it was your time, you knew, and you didn't think twice, right? Like you went off and did your thing. So, you know, kudos to you as well, because that like, it is a tough decision. And I really learned that going through the process myself, but I had to go through, you know, I had to run my race. Right. And a lot of the things I wanted to do was work in these markets. Like Northern Ontario is home for me. I'd been to all these places. It really got rewarding when I started going to Saskatchewan and Alberta Mm -hmm. and Manitoba and learning these new provinces, like learning what rural Canada really is. Right. And like, I wish I had a, like a pedometer or something that tracked all the places I've been in Canada. Right. Just from work, like, and the people that I've met throughout the times, like even like, I hate to say it, like times you forget. And then they come to you later on like, Oh yeah. Like that was a really cool story or a really cool person, whatever. Um, but yeah, like it's, it, it, it is courageous for sure because it's just so the business just ingrains you, right? Like there's, you know, expectations and this sense of, you know, well, if you leave, we've got people that are willing to step in and take your spot, but we're starting to see that's not the case anymore. And, you know, more and more, like I just saw a report from Narcity Media, you know, what advertisers are looking for, like they're looking for more social content, you know, content creators and collaborations and things like that. Like mainstream media isn't the only reach anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. And that was another problem I had. I didn't see any innovation um, in how we were doing things. It was the same old way. There didn't seem to be a want to do anything. And I wanted to do things my way. Right. And that's kind of where I'm at now is like, but I've taken, this was in August when I left, like it's taken me since then to just kind of sit back and absorb 
the new me, right? Like who mm-hmm. I am without that banner behind, behind me anymore. And it's not like a negative thing. It's just like, that's who I was for 10 years. And I, like you said, when I started, I remember telling somebody, I'm going to work in TV forever. I'm never leaving. Like they're going to lay me off. And people had told me, wait for your layoff. Like you're leaving money on the table. Then I thought like, what's the money I'm leaving, right? Let's just say it's 50,000. I don't even know what it was. I didn't really look into it that deeply. But I'm like, I'm not going to think of that in 5, 10, 15 years if I'm happy now. I haven't thought about it since. Like, this is the first time I'm bringing it up, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was, and, you know, even the amount of, you know, um, respect I was shown for leaving on my own terms. I wasn't expecting that. That's not why I did it, like, for other people's approval. But it does, you know, give you a little bit of a vote of confidence. Like, yeah, like, I did do the right thing. And these are from people that got laid off, like, just before I got let go or before I, sorry, before I left, like they left, they were laid off. I didn't get the layoff. And I was like, well, how long am I waiting for a layoff? I'm just leaving. And the, you know, the people that say, yeah, it's great to have the money, but there's also something to be said about leaving on your own terms. And, you know, when you feel it's a nice way to leave when you kind of have your own control, if that makes sense. Like, you know, I felt like it was my decision. No one made it for me. And making that decision kind of helps you take the next step towards whatever it is you're doing. That's right. And like you said, you have no regrets, right? So you you ran your race, you saw it through, and you knew that it was time to do something different. Yeah. But you had to see it through. You had to spend all those years. You're so seasoned. You're so talented. And you get to say 20 years from now, I did that. Yes. I did that. And there will be people who spend their whole lives in television because that's what resonates and aligns with them. And that is okay. It is equally okay for you to, you know, tenure there for for however long it is and then move on to different opportunities because in television and something that I know you can appreciate and I'm sure you resonate with as well with journalism, communications, the opportunities are endless, especially now in a world where, as you mentioned, the need for social uh, social media creators is is so much higher. There's such a demand for all this. There's so much opportunity. Well, and the other thing too is, you know, I tell young journalists all the time, you know, you have opportunities, say in your first three years that mm-hmm. I, it took me like maybe six or seven to get to. Yeah. Right. Like you're getting a lot more experience in bigger markets. You're being thrown into the fire. These are all good things, right? Like you will know when the development is no longer there for you. And you can't look at other people and what decisions they're making. So, Mm -hmm. you know, just because I left doesn't mean you have to leave, right? Like, you'll know when it's the end of the road for you. When you know, you know. Like, and I can't explain it any more than that. Like, you will have, you'll be at peace with your decision. There will be no doubt in your mind. Um, And if there is still doubt, stay. Like, unless you have something better to go to or you're absolutely sure you have something else to go to. Because I think there's always like a shred of doubt maybe. Um, But like, I can say if there was for me, it was next to none. But there's a lot to be learned from it. And honestly, like it's equipped me in ways I would never have dreamed of, right? Like the one thing I wish, I kind of knew it, but I wish I was more involved in that was, well, I'll start with this. I remember doing a story. It was when Truth and Reconciliation was really, you know, kind of hitting its stride. This had been like 2014, 2015 somewhere. And uh, I met a woman who just asked me the question, you know, what are your plans? Where do you want to go with this? Where do you see yourself? And I said, well, you know, you know, I'm here in Timmins. I would like to be here, like, say, I don't know, three years, no more than five. And, you know, I hope to be working, you know, in Toronto or in sports and professionally in some manner. And she says, well, can I give you some advice? And I said, sure. She says, well, I I would recommend or advise you maybe just to like appreciate the journey. Don't worry about the destination so much because odds are you're going to get there uh, in some way, shape or form, whether it's what you think it is or what it's not. But if you're not absorbing the present and where you are right now and what you're experiencing, what's the point of reading that book and telling that story? 
And that really resonated with me. So everywhere I've moved to, I've really tried to immerse myself in the city, the culture, you know, like what people do there for fun or, you know, the different types of food. Like there's little cultural differences all over this country that we don't really think of. And a lot of us don't even get to see it. I get to live it. I didn't just visit these places. I live there. I have friends there. I have friends across the country uh, through this stuff. So, you know, that really helped me kind of put things in perspective of like, okay, like appreciate where you are and enjoy it. But the other thing, and this is where the, another part of the advice is, is enjoy where you are, but also like think of when you're doing a story, if you're in journalism, this interests me, right? Like, so you're asking questions for work, but you're also kind of exploring for yourself personally, Mm -hmm. right? You're exposed to a lot in journalism. Like every day is a new adventure, right? You start the day and you, it's basically having a project every day that you have to finish that everybody sees like, you know, at six o'clock or five o'clock now, you know, for most markets. And, um, you know, but you're learning a lot that you don't even know you're learning. And you take, if you take an interest in something, ask a few more questions, maybe even off camera, just to, you know, for your own knowledge, because odds are the way it's going, you're going to need to fall back on something. And I'd rather be prepared than naive. And that was a big thing for me. I was naive. I think when I first got in where I was like, yep, this is my forever. I'm never leaving this. Um, But the industry's changed. It's not the same that it was when you and I started. Right. And it's only been dwindling. It's been a they're cutting, 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 you know, resources have been lost. People are doing more jobs for the same or less money. Um, so have a backup plan. And you're, the bonus of being in journalism for that backup plan is you're basically exposed to everything when you're in general news. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge benefit. Well, it's interesting, too, because I'm sure you can relate to this. I remember when I was in journalism school, something that I was taught back then was learn, learn to wear many hats. Mm -hmm. It's imperative that you, that that you learn, even if you're not completely well-versed in something, just have a general sense because of the way the industry is changing. And this was now almost probably 10 years ago, maybe a little bit less, but look at how much it's changed now, right? And just the ability to adapt and be flexible will allow you to um, be not, not to necessarily be presented with those opportunities, but give you the confidence and the abilities to adapt to this ever-changing industry, right? Especially as a young journalist, as you mentioned. Um, But something interesting you said, and I really want to make sure we touch on it, was the identity portion of this. Yeah, I resonate with this completely. It's something that I experienced. I know we've talked about it. Now it's been since August. Before we started, you mentioned you needed that time to just recover and really, you know, really absorb everything that you've, you know, just the whole journey and to kind of, you know, reflect. Um, I'm curious to know your thoughts on the intersection between your identity and then sort of your purpose and what's next and life after life, after TV life, after, you know, someone's not watching you from their, from their sofa anymore at the dinner table. What, what was that journey like for you with navigating the ins and outs of that identity? To be fair, I don't think I thought about that much. Like when I was on camera, like it was just camera. Like that's one thing I don't know if a lot of people feel, but I didn't have the capacity unless like you're really bombing a live hit would be the only way I actually, and I felt it more when I was watching it. If I wasn't live and I saw my story on TV, like it wasn't cringy, like in the sense that like, I was just worried like, oh, did I make a mistake? Did I screw up a cut? Did I not say something right? You know, when you're watching it, I'm like, that's when I was nervous on camera. It was just me and the camera. Like I was, you know, or the cameraman, if, or a camera person, if I had one. So I never really felt like people are sitting there watching. There's thousands of people listening. I was just so focused on getting the message out. Like whatever it is I had to say, like that was the focus. Or if it was in studio, just talking with the anchor, I never really, and it wasn't, I didn't do this purposely. Like, it's not like I was like, don't think about it. I just, 
I was too focused on that, if that makes sense. Uh, I think where the identity crisis comes in is when people ask you what you do, right? Mm. Oh, I'm this for this, right? Like, and, you know, you always signed out, you know, your name and the brand that you work for um, or the network that you work for. So that's where it was. Whereas like afterwards, like, so what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm a freelancer, you know, I mm-hmm. picked up a contract here, a contract there. Uh, I'm a sideline reporter, but that's seasonal, you know, like they only played 20 games in the summer. Um, so yeah, there was a little bit of a, okay, like, yeah, what, what am I without that? Right. But I knew it was coming because on LinkedIn, I saw a post from a woman named Sarah Davenport. I'm pretty sure if I recall correctly, she is a, um, uh, she was a morning show host in Houston and a second generation. Her mom was one as well, like uh, in the States. Uh, and she would talk about, you know, like what her mom made in like the eighties and what they're making now hasn't changed or even less in cases. Right. right. Um, but she would post things that just resonated. Like it was just, she would put like, Oh, you feeling this, you feeling burnout, you feeling that. I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, she's talking to me directly. Right. Um, and then, so I, I had reached out to her after I read the post where she's like, it's your ego holding you back. That was the post just to any person in journalism's like your ego holding you back. And it went on to explain, it's not that you're egotistical. It's just that, you know, you're, you know, they, your boss depends on you to get a story every day or the newscast is, you know, going to hell. Um, you know, you got to tell these people stories. You got to make sure that everything is here. Like I'm trained to do this. This is my purpose. And you know, it's, it's ingrained in you. Like it's, if you're in journalism for the money, like, especially in this day and age, like you're pretty misled, right? Like you kind of get into it pretty deeply. And that's when I realized, you know, I reached out to her, we had a call. And, uh, yeah, I, that was exactly it. So I was prepared for it where I don't think a lot of people are. And it was still hard, like just because I was prepared for it doesn't mean I was like, Oh yeah. Okay. No, I bypassed that step. Like it's still something where it's like, yeah, it's still kind of weird after 10 years. Like it's only been like what, four or five months since I left, maybe close to six. And like, I'm still kind of like figuring that out. Right. And, but it's fun. Like, that's the other thing. It's not like a negative thing necessarily. If Mm -hmm. you approach it the right way. I get to learn a whole bunch of new things. Right. And one of the things I learned through journalism um, and not just journalism, actually, like even before I think with part-time jobs, like, you know, if I'm taking a job with any kind of, you know, beyond the contract, like I'm really looking at the manager, right? Like I chase good management. I feel like if you're chasing a good manager, someone who like values you and wants to develop you, give you opportunities even beyond, you know, your pay grade, so to speak, to learn more about whatever it is you're interested in. That's going to go a long way. The money will take care of itself. The happiness will take care of itself if you're looking for the right people to guide you, right? Like this is a world of where mentorship, you know, plays a huge role. Um, so yeah, like even, you know, I took a contract, like, like I'm working at a university right now. And one of the reasons why is the person that's a manager is someone I grew up with who's highly respected, you know, mm-hmm. in business and in communications. And he opened up everything. We had a call before I even, you know, accepted the job. To the point where he said, like, you probably shouldn't take this. You're overqualified to when I explained why I was interested. And he's like, well, it's good. And I'll, you know, I'll show you what I can. And he showed me, like, open the book, essentially. Like, I can take advantage of more. Like, that's the other thing. Like, I'm to the point where I'm like, I got to take more advantage of this because he's really opening things up for me. Right. Um, so, like, that was one of the key things that I learned is just, you know, chase the development and enjoy, you'll enjoy everything a lot more if you have people that value you and want you to be better. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even with this person here, uh, you know, one of the things he said that really resonated in that call was, I don't care what your next opportunity is. Like, it, I just want this opportunity to lead to your next one, wow. whatever that is, whether it's in communications or in, you know, the university realm, whatever. He's like, I, I just want you to get the most out of this. And I'm like, that is just awesome. That's what you look for. And that will go a long way and just trying to help you get on your, on your path. But yeah, like the identity thing is tough. Like that's, but it's exciting too because you get to learn a whole lot of new things. And if you pick the right people around you, 
it makes it that much easier and that much more fun. Absolutely. And the mentorship aspect is certainly something I want to cover as well. But even just like this, this identity portion of it, you said when you know, you know, yeah. right. And I, I couldn't agree more with you. I, I felt the exact same way. When you know, you know, it doesn't come without maybe some fears, some, oh my goodness, what happens next? But when you know, you know, and it's time. So with that said, that also, I believe anyways, and I'm curious to know your thoughts, it requires sort of this sense of this strong sense of self knowing yourself, knowing enough when it's time to let go and recognize that this doesn't serve me because I long for more, I desire more, or this no longer aligns with my true self. Because you could have stayed Mm -hmm. and then ended up growing miserable, being unhappy and no longer fulfilled. But instead you chose to chase that internal fulfillment. But do you believe that comes from a place of knowing yourself? Along the way, to a degree, you knew that it no longer resonated and you made that decision. Yeah. But I'll also say like, so it's really funny how your mindset changes. So even when I made the decision, I'm going to go, um, there's this, when you're used to making a paycheck every two weeks, as much or as little as it may be, you become dependent on it. That's all I've ever known. Right. right? So there went, there was like my initial thought, cause I didn't really have anything lined up. Like this contract I signed was for six months. Uh, you know, just to kind of hold me over. So I had something coming in while I was trying to figure it out, learn some new skills. But I remember thinking like, what if I never make money? Like, you know, like you honestly think like you go down this like little rabbit hole of, wow, like, am I going to be homeless? Like, or am I going to be depending on my wife? Like, you know, like, I I don't know what, I don't know what I can do. Like, I don't, Mm -hmm. like, I honestly don't at this point, all I've ever done is journalism and TV, whether it be sports or news. Um, So then you're sitting there kind of like, oh man, what's next? I kid you not, I quit on the Friday. We were out for a walk on the Sunday and it just out of nowhere hit me. I'm like, my potential is unlimited. Whether that be financial, uh, you know, just personal happiness, fulfillment. I'm like, it's a blank slate or a, a blank canvas. Like I can paint whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Um, and for years as a journalist, you know, there's a lot of things that come with it that you can't do everything that you and I can do now. Like this podcast was not something I was probably able to do, you know, because I make content for my company at the time. Right. So then all of a sudden it's like, wow, I can do what I want. I can, I can say what I want, you know, in terms of not that I have anything like, you know, intense to say or any intense opinions or anything like that. It's just, you know, I'm always, you're always worried about the brand. Am I representing the brand? Well, and now it's like, I just get to focus on representing me. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I can be who I want the way I want to be it and not necessarily wear this hat and then take that hat off, you know, because now I'm just me. So like there was, that was a, a, a big thing for me, but also, I always just like try to be nice to people um, in general. Um, If you're nice and you work hard, I just think things work out where you don't expect them to. Um, I just, you know, I'd rather not confront somebody about something negative unless I absolutely have to, unless it's a problem, right? I don't want to create negativity if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I've always tried to be nice. I can't say I succeeded every time. Like I know there's times where, you know, I, like I blew up or, you know, which is also a product of that job. You're working many hours ranging from, you know, there are times I'd work 4am to 1pm one day. And the next day I was working 4pm to 1am. Like there was a sense of burnout, lack of sleep, things like that, but you know, not making excuses. There's just different things that play a factor. Um, but the one thing is, is I truly appreciated all the relationships that I made as short or as long as they were through this. Like you meet a lot of cool people, um, you know, and as you develop those relationships, you know, for stories, whatever, um, you don't realize that it kind of goes beyond that too. And I think the big thing when I left is you realize like, oh, I did have an impact. You don't know it at the time. Like you think it, but you know, when people are like, oh, thank you. Or you did this story uh, years ago. I don't know if you remember me like reaching out on Twitter or Instagram, things like that. 
um, it was a little overwhelming. Like you expect a few like, oh, thank yous, good lucks. But like I got a lot of messages from people that I was just not expecting or at least not as deeply expecting um, the respect that I had. Um, but it didn't make me think like, oh, am I doing the right thing? Like it kind of reaffirmed yeah. that I am doing the right thing. And I was shocked at the amount of people that <laughs> called with what can I do? Like, you know, what are you doing? Do you need work? Whether it was in journalism, outside journalism, like there were so many people that had an, like an eye out for me, like an arm there for me, just like, Hey, if you need it. And I like to the point, I'm like, I thank you, but I don't know. Like, I'm just like, this is all happening so fast. Right. Um, so yeah, like there was a sense of, you know, it was, it was tough when you're coming out of it and like getting through that crossroads, like having that support helped a ton. Right. And so that's another thing is like, just being nice. Like that's all it is. And it's not like I'm trying to, like, I just, I think by nature, I'm a positive person. I'm a fun person. And, you know, it resonated with some people and I was very grateful. I never expected it. Like, first off, I never expected to leave. Right. If anything, if I want, had an expectation, it was like, I just hope I maintain these relationships that like, you know, they'll trust in me to like, give me a tip or, you know, what I need a story they're there to help me. Right. That's, yeah. that's all you're worried about in news. It's like, I just hope they can help me in a timely fashion. Cause my day moves really fast. And you come to learn when you leave, that's not everybody's world. Right. So now I'm even more grateful now than I was back then. Cause I was just like, you know, Oh, thank you for getting me this person in an hour. Like that's what I expected. But now it's like, Oh, like that person had to cancel stuff, right. They had other important things to do. So it's like, you know, that was a, a sense of gratefulness. I didn't fully have in the position yeah. that I had later on. I didn't realize how deep it was. So that was hugely uh, encouraging really when you got out of it. And I've, taken advantage of some of those, right? Like that's helped me get through. And I'd say now, uh, I never actually look back to see, but I'm probably making more than I was like at CTV without trying. Like that just kind of really fell in my lap and, you know, and there's still way more to go. Like, that's the other thing. Like I'm working on things now, like trying to get my affairs in order in terms of like other things I want to achieve that I hope will open more doors. But like in the interim, I was just shocked at like the things that came up that I enjoy doing. That's the other thing that I like doing. And it's my call. Like, I don't have to do it if I don't want to. Mm -hmm. I don't, they like, you know, like uh, just even working with some universities for sports. It was like, what dates can you do? Uh, and I was like, here's all of the ones I can do, but it wasn't forced on. It was like, we'll work around you. And I was like, that is like, you like, that is a, a freedom, a privilege that I'm not, not going to take for granted. And it's nice. Like I still work a lot, but I enjoy it. Like, so I'm still going and I don't feel burnt out because I'm actually mm -hmm. going to do things that I enjoy with people. I enjoy with no I shouldn't say no pressure, a different type of pressure, less pressure than what I had there. And it's a pressure that I'm enjoying more. Incredible. You know, it's interesting because I think that we underestimate the imprint and impact and value we add to people's lives. And earlier you said, you know, when you're doing your live hits, for example, it was just you in the camera, but you don't actually realize that somebody watching you says, I really like, I really like watching Joey. I like him because of X, Y, Z and people pick up on little things and they see the passion through your energy of, of what you're doing. They see that. So it's not a surprise that all these opportunities are presenting themselves to you, that all these people have reached out to you. It's not a surprise because you do genuinely lead with conviction. You lead with your passion and it shows. It's very apparent. So that in itself is also something to be proud of and something that I see and that radiates off you. And I think that that as well is going to be something that people feel inspired by. Again, it goes back to that courage. It goes back to just being authentic. You're being authentically you. And now all these different opportunities are being opened because when you are working for a brand, you are limited, as you mentioned. And now, and you said that after you left, you realized, hey, 
my potential is limitless. And only when you believe that the impossible, so to speak, is possible, will, will things present itself and will you attract, at least in my opinion, these things to happen. So anything that comes from now going forward, it's going to be incredible for you. I truly believe that. Well, I thank you. Cause like, that is a hard part. Like your biggest critic is yourself. Right. Yeah. Um, and I had another friend who left just before I did, um, who's a very talented, she was talented journalist. Um, just everything you mentioned, I would say like times 10. And I remember thinking when she was telling me like, she's gonna go off and do her own thing. I'm like, you're going to kill it. Like I, and I'm not just saying that, like, I firmly believe it. Like yeah. you're crazy not to think it. And she had said, she's like, yeah, but like everybody can tell you that, but until you believe it yourself. And it's so not just something you can do. It's not a switch, right? Oh, I believe in myself. Like you got to go through, got to go through it, right? You got to go through the pain. You got to, you know, run through the, the fear, like the, I don't know, the discomfort, maybe a better yeah. word for, it. I wouldn't say fear, more of a discomfort. Um, but there's worries and concerns, but yeah, like that's the hard part is like people, like you've, you've got a cheerleading section and people that really do want the best for you, not just to tell you like, are there actively to support you? Um, but it's, you got to get there on your own. Right. So that's, that was another big thing. Uh, and I always told people like, I didn't leave the industry. Like, you know, it was like, Oh, you're leaving. Like where you, Hey, it was, where are you going to? Cause that's the expectation. You found a bigger, better job. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, I didn't, <laughs> like, you know, I have a contract that doesn't come back into play until May. Like that was all I had at the time. And then this the one at the university, um, and which is remote, which is another thing we can get into about how fun that's been. But, um, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't really have a, a plan to, to move on anywhere. It's just, I want to keep doing what I'm doing in a different manner. Like, and I tell that to journalists too, like, you know, when we got in, it's like, yeah, you, you know, whatever you go in, you, you be, become an anchor and you have a co-anchor, you make all this money or you go to whatever national news or TSN or Sportsnet, whatever, depending on the realm you're in. Um, it's not like that anymore. Right. Like it's not like people, like none of my friends, like I would have assumed like 10 years ago, like, yeah, I'd go on TSN and you know, all my friends would be watching so on and so forth. Like, no one really watches TV like we did growing up. Like it's all on social and YouTube yeah. and things are consumed different. Not say like no one watches, but like there's data out there that shows like TV is not as strong as it used to be. It's still very strong. And that's why I tell people like there's still an opportunity there, but I didn't want to go down with the ship. I didn't want to just see, you know, let that dictate where I'm going to go. I just wanted to do things a little differently. And I kind of thought to myself, I earned that, you know, like I had the privilege of doing that stuff and the privilege to make my own decision, but like, it's because I earned it, right? Like privilege is earned, embrace it, right? Or, and pressure is earned really. Like, so this pressure I'm going through is because it's a privilege to have that pressure because I earned it through what I did before and built that confidence to do what I'm doing now, right? So that, like, that's the thing in itself too, is like, you have to remind yourself and, you know, I've done things like, you know, meditation, like I've downloaded the balance app. That's something I never did before. That's helped a lot. Um, and I highly recommend anybody to try that one. Cause it's like a free for a year. So it really helped me like learn how to do it properly and what I'm supposed to get out of it. Um, uh, but like things like that, slowing things down a little bit, taking care of myself a little bit more. And that all helped kind of build the confidence to where I am now. And like I said, like there's still a lot of unknown ahead of me, but I look forward to it more than I did probably when I was making the decision of do I stay or do I go mm -hmm. not knowing what was ahead. Like the unknown's less scary when you take that first step but it's now taking that next big step. And that's where, you know, you can over-prepare and that's kind of where I'm at now. I want everything kind of covered and, you know, I'm learning this and that, which has been fun, but now it's essentially like you can learn everything forever. Mm -hmm. And another person told me this in another call, they're like, you can be a professional procrastinator, meaning like you will find things to learn and always, I got to level up. I got to level up and never actually take action on any of it, right? 
Um, so that's been another thing too, that I'm kind of dealing with internally. It's just like, okay, like you've been doing video, like editing video, doing audio, all that stuff you've been doing your whole career, mm -hmm. but for somebody else. But as soon as when it's your name on it, you know, if someone's going to pay you, I don't know, an advertising deal of like, well, we're going to give you a hundred bucks. Well, I better deliver on 500, right? Cause my name's on it and this and that. And that's a bad thing sometimes, right? Where it's like, you're so focused on over delivering that you're not really focusing on the product or you're too scared to ask in the first place. When my experience tells me, you know, what you do is enough and people appreciate it. Like you think you would take that with you, but it's really hard when you're taking it into a new realm. Mm -hmm. I had no problem with that TV. I felt by the end of it, I felt confident in my abilities I never, you know, the nervousness went away. Like there's still that, you know, um, fire, like when you go live and stuff like that, like, you, but it wasn't as sharp as it was before. Like, you know, there were times where I'd be like, oh, I just want to get through this life hit so I can go home. Right. Mm -hmm. Where when that starts setting in, you're like, it's time to go. Like you're not getting that fulfillment anymore. And I was getting to that point where it's just like, you're waiting for the clock and I never wait. Like you all know in journalism, like you want any more time you can get. That's right. But there were times where it's just like, I just want it to get to, you know, especially at night. I'm like, I just want to get to 1140 because my live hit is because I want to get home and go to sleep, <laughs> like, mm -hmm. you know, and that's where I was like, okay, time to, time to think of maybe this is your time to go. If the passion's not there, like it was, it's time to move on and figure it out as you go along. And I do thrive in that. Like even my TV career, figure it out as you go. That's been the whole thing mm -hmm. and it served me well. So it's a matter of just taking what I got comfortable and now making myself uncomfortable again and embracing that. Mm-hmm. Well, you're obviously very resilient and something as well is it doesn't come without that support. I know you mentioned that you can have that support system, but ultimately you kind of have to figure that out on your own. But you have obviously a very supportive wife, supportive friends, people who who told you when you know, you know, for mm -hmm. example, right, it'll just come. How do you think that even 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 earlier with, with the bosses who wanted to make sure that you had the next best opportunity that was for you. People see your potential, but potential is nothing without action. And you are a testament to being able to take that action. You're leading with that. So in terms of that mentorship, in terms of your support system to, let's say, be courageous to, sorry if this is long-winded, mm -hmm. to be courageous to take that next step. How important is it to to identify that support system, cultivate it, embrace it? And how do you find it if you don't have it? Wow. How do you find it if you don't? That's, I don't even know if I can address that. Like it's, I think like some things I don't know, everybody has strengths, right? And just things that kind of pair with their personality. I do tend to seek out people that are good at what they do, positive, and that I like to be around and that can help me. Right. I don't think I actively thought of it that way, but like, you know, there are people that I worked with that if I respected them, they were good and I felt good around them. I felt like I was getting better. Of course you want to hang out around them more. Uh, but like in terms of the mentorship, one of those managers, uh, I had emailed my managers, uh, the one, not all of them, but like the ones that really helped me along the way. Uh, and just saying like, Hey, I'm leaving. Um, you know, thank you for all your help and whatever. Uh, they all emailed me back, but one called me back and he said, um, you know, what, what are you doing? Like, you know, like, that's crazy. And I'm like, yeah, it really is. Like, it, but I'm very at ease. He's like, no, I, like, I don't mean that as like, you're crazy. Like, good for you. And it was kind of a, and I, you know, kind of ran down some ideas I want. And he said, I, I have no doubt whatever you do, it's, you're going to do absolutely well at it and change the world. And he's like, go get it, man. And I was like, that means a lot. Cause that's someone who was very into that like very into, you know, like the whole career, um, you know, with CTV and a great leader has moved up in his realm, you know, to the top um, and could go as far as he wants really. And, um, but he had the drive. That's one of the things that attracted me there. 
And uh, when he said that, it was like, that was another validation of like, okay, like I even have people in my corner that are still in the business that like are basically saying like, yeah, this served your purpose. Go on and, you know, take what you've learned and, and move mm-hmm. on. And that, that was huge. I didn't expect that. And, um, and even people, you know, working at the national level, just like, you know, whether, I don't know if it's frustration for them or just happiness for me on their part, uh, but saying the same thing, just like, you know, find a new way to do it. And, mm-hmm. uh, I hope you really show them how it's done. And like, I just don't see myself that way. Like, you know, I've just always been the guy that works and, you know, um, like I've coached and I've been captains of teams, but like in the work world, I was just like, do the work, right? Like just get it done. Don't give your manager anything to be mad about. And when they do give you advice, take it and build on it. Right. If it works, that's the other thing, like managing the advice too, is another, another thing. But so, yeah, it was, uh, like that support was beyond what I ever expected and what I thought it would be. Um, but it is important to surround yourself with those positive people, like in terms of how to find it, everything's different, right? Like, um, there's a kid, uh, a young man, uh, that's, you know, in particular, that's reached out and still, we had a call not too long ago, you know, just asking for that mentorship. And I will always have time for someone who's looking for help, advice to look over something. I had so many people in my life that did it for me and I will Mm. never turn it down. And it's, there's some that, you know, have come and gone, you know, they kind of got what they wanted and off they went. There's, that's fine. That's, how it's supposed to work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still, there's people that, you know, my first boss, when I was an intern, I didn't even know he knew my name. He's been a reference of mine ever since. Wow. And he's moved on to, you know, working for like Amazon. He started his own business out in California, but he used to be in Toronto. Like, you know, and then I look at a guy like that. Well, he did it. He was at the top. Right. So it's like, well, why wouldn't I do it? I'm not even like there where he is. Right. Like I'm not, I'm not giving up as much, put it that way. Um, so yeah, like it's, so if you're like, look for those people, if someone's willing to give you their time, ask questions, be curious. Uh, you know, if there's a relationship there, great. If it's just one call and off you go, that's great too. But find the people wherever they are, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's at a networking conference, mm-hmm. whether it's the person that sits beside you and you never know who's going to give you valuable advice regardless of where they are. And it might be professionally. It might be personally. It might be a lesson they learned along the way. It might be something they're actively doing wrong or right and don't even know, but you're seeing it. Just be observant, be curious, like curiosity goes a long way in finding happiness and fulfillment. Just ask questions. If you're not sure, ask and get to know people because getting to know people and their stories are going to help you form your own. And when you're done, whatever it is your story is, you don't know, but I hope it's a book worth reading at the end of it. And every book worth worth reading comes with adversity too, right? So you have to embrace it. It's not always going to go well. And sometimes the scary things lead to better, happier things. Incredible. I think, Joey, that you have... um there's a light in you that people see and more people are going to see. That's the message I feel called to tell you at this very moment. And you certainly do have something to learn from everyone. There is something to learn from absolutely everything, everyone, positive, negative, good, bad, just the works. There is something to take away from everyone you meet, everyone you reach out to. And part of that is, is learn yourself too along the way. And that kind of brings me to Everything you mentioned, your career, your incredibly seasoned career, everything you've done, we are going to be stepping into, this sort of reminds me of this concept of, you know, we're, we're reinventing ourselves, right? We get to reinvent ourselves at any stage in our life, as we mentioned, um, and do anything we want. Anything is possible, right? The, the possibilities are endless. We're stepping into a new year, right? And there's sort of this concept where you know, this cultural phenomenon of like, let's say New Year's resolutions, 
right? And a lot of times, you know, they, they fall by the wayside. You know, we're not really committed to what we what we set out to do. So in sort of correlation to everything you've done, having this courage to to step into the next best version of yourself, step into the unknown, be curious, and ultimately elevate and expand. How can we use this concept of reinventing ourselves in a meaningful and intentional way that's actually long-lasting, but that can lead us to that sustainable fulfillment and happiness? Well, when I figure it out, I'll tell you. (laughs) But that's the thing, right? It's like, it's just taking the chance of, hey, like I think, you know, I hate the term. It's kind of overused, but like betting on yourself. I guess I'm doing that. Like, I don't, I don't yeah. like using that term, but like, I just can't think of anything better right now. But, you know, it's just kind of uh, believing in yourself. And at the end of the day, I hate to take a more of a turn. At the end of the day, we're all going to die, right? Like it's like, it's inevitable. We all have the same end. It's what you do between that time. Right. Um, and time is valuable. Uh, we don't know how long we have. Right. And that's another thing too. I mean, um, who knows if I'll accomplish everything I want to, who knows if what I want to accomplish right now is what I'll want to accomplish in 2025. Right. Like that's the other thing that I've learned is like the courage to accept that your dream is changing. That's another thing. Cause I, like that dream was ingrained in me at a very young age that I wanted to be a sportscaster and I'm still a sportscaster, but it's just, I thought, you know, the only way was working at local television and moving up through the local ranks and then getting to a national network. And I depended on somebody to get there. Then I was kind of like, well, I don't, I just don't want, someone else to dictate where I'm going. I kind of want to dictate it myself. Right. Uh, so it's just the courage of understanding that, Hey man, life is life. You know, money's money. Everything is, it's going to come and go. Um, you know, you try your best to be secure. Uh, you know, when you have a little bit of money, you try to save it to make sure that you have a, a, a safety net, if you will, or, you know, just whatever your goals are, if you're trying to create generational wealth, all that stuff, whatever. But, you know, at the same time, don't let it not, like getting your way, I guess, like, you know, cause if you, I, I'm going to mess up the quote, but essentially it was, you know, if you think it's costing you a lot now, like you don't know what it'll cost you if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was one that kind of resonated with me too. It's like, if you don't make changes like that money or that success or that fulfillment won't come, uh, you got to figure out what that fulfillment is for you. And then you got to go and attack it. And that was a big thing for me. It was just like, yeah, at the end of the day, uh, in a good way, it's just like, yeah, like I'm going to have the same end that everybody else is going to have. Um, it's as serious as you take it. And that's one thing I've learned too. Like a lot of the stress, a lot of the negativity is in your own head and you do have a lot of control over that. Take some work, but like you, you can choose how you feel. And there's really a choice in everything that you do, even though it might seem like you don't have a choice. Uh, and sometimes it's a really hard choice that ended up being an easy choice. And that's where I say it was the hardest, easy or the easiest, hardest decision I've ever made. I knew like it was hard because I was letting go of a lot and I'd worked really hard to build myself up in that realm, uh, in that company. Uh, but I wasn't, I built it up to where I wanted it to be. I got everything I wanted out of it, everything. Right. And now it's like, I want to go do other things that I can't get there. Mm-hmm. It's nothing against anybody. Like I didn't leave on negative terms. I wasn't, you know, like leaving guns ablazing and, you know, like with an ax to grind with everybody. Not at all. Like I was very at ease when I walked out of there and I don't know if at the points in my career, I thought I would leave that way. Um, but yeah, like it's, you sit there and it's like, man, the good, the bad, all of it, it's shaped me to who I am today. It's put me in a better position to attack who I want to be tomorrow. And also just having the courage of knowing, you know, if the dream changes, like go attack it, attack your dream, whatever it is, just have the courage, I guess, to know that, it might change. And if it does accept it, like, you know, you're not yourself of the past. And that's another big thing. Like, you know, if I tell, I don't know, 11 year old Joey that, you know, you did all this, 
I think 11 year old Joey would be pretty pumped that I accomplished everything I did. Right. Um, and now, you know, when I tell 25 year old Joey, when I'm 45 or 35 year old Joey, when I'm 55, whatever, what you did now, I'll probably be pretty excited to hear it from that Joey too, that version of Joey as well. Uh, so like, that's the thing is just having the courage of the courage of making the decision, but knowing that nothing is end all be all, there's always going to be, uh, and I'm struggling with this too. Like I'm saying it somewhat hypocritically because it, it's easier said than done, but it's like, yeah, this all fails. Like, you know, I look at my life right now, like I don't really have a lot on the line. Like right now I don't have like, you know, kids that I have to support or anything like that. So like, this is the time to do those things. It's time to do something stupid. <laughs> so if it doesn't work out, you're not putting anybody else in risk, right? Like my wife has been very supportive. Like she moved everywhere in the country with me, <laughs> you know? So that's, you know, having that kind of support system. And when I said I was ready to go, she's like, yeah, you are. Like that was her response. It's wow. like, yeah, go. Like, you're not happy. Like, I don't want you to do it if you're not happy. And I don't know, you kind of know what's there, but when it's in practice, it just means that much more. Um, and through this whole thing, like I was worried about well, what if I don't make money, but if I don't have a job, we're going to figure it out. Like we'll live within our means. Right. And in the process, just do what you have to do. And don't worry about the things piling up as you're attacking it. It'll work out. Everything works out. That's one thing I can say with confidence. Everything works out the way it's supposed to. It just might not be the way you thought it was. And it, this is a perfect example. Like the fact that we're here, I don't think you and I in 2015 think we're here. Right. And we probably think like, oh, we're going to be, you know, talking to each other on whatever CTV national or wherever we are. Right. And I think we're both happier to be right here where we are right now. Yeah. And you know what? We are exactly where we're supposed to be in this now moment. And five years from now, it'll be the exact same scenario then. But first of all, your wife is sounds like a complete gem, truly a keeper. And it is we if if we get so lucky to find such supportive people in our lives, they are worth cherishing. So she's I'm certain going to be watching this. She's incredible. And I'm so happy for you both that um, you taking the courage to step into everything that you want to continue to develop yourself and continue to take on these opportunities and have that flexibility and knowing that the dream might change, but everything is going to work out. And it always will so long as you choose you. And you mentioned as well that it is the, the e what, what were the words you used? It was the easiest, hardest decision. Yeah. The easiest, hardest decision I've ever made. You've ever made. ever made. And choosing yourself, at least, at least, at least I think, at least based on, you know, so many people I, 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 I chat with, choosing yourself will always be the easiest, hardest decision you ever make because it will not come without maybe, you know, you second guessing yourself. It will not come without fears, but it will always lead to that long-term fulfillment because you're the one that has to live with you. You have to live with the decisions you make and nobody feels the unhappiness that you feel when you're working a job that you don't love anymore and that you're not passionate about. And we are living in a time and it's more apparent than ever where we don't need to have such a, a linear way of thinking or this traditional conventional way of thinking where there's only one way and there's only one set of, you know, certain careers that will make us successful because we do get one life. Yep. And the one thing I'll say too, is if you are making that decision, don't worry about jumping in. Cause like I'll say when I first got, I was motivated. I was at the coffee shop, I was building websites and then, you know, but then the burnout, like there's that little bit of motivation, but I was burnt out from the 10 years before. And I needed that time to just like, relax and, yeah. you know, kind of learn new things. You know, I took a remote job where I got to work from home for once. And, you know, we traveled a little bit, like I wasn't able to go when I was working my, that vacation got denied to go celebrate our anniversary. We wanted to go back to where we got married for our first anniversary. And I went from that being denied to end up going there. Cause I wasn't working there anymore to can't, we got married in Banff. So we stayed in Canmore and Banff. And then we 
extended our trip to Vancouver. I'd never been there, right? Brought the dog, stay there for a couple of weeks. I'd work in the morning. We'd enjoy the afternoon, right? So like all those things, like, you know, the experiences I might've missed out on based on the last job. One of my favorite quotes, it's from a Billy Joel song. It's, um, slow down, you're doing fine. You can't be everything you want to be before your time. I'm a firm believer that everything that you do in anywhere you're getting in whatever career, there's a combination of timing, talent, and luck that you can only control the talent, really. The timing will take care of itself. The luck will come and go, right? There's certain things I think I could have had. Timing wasn't right. Luck wasn't there. But I always tried to make sure that the talent was sharp. And it's the same thing when I'm going into this. The timing wasn't there. Like, I like I needed time for myself. But it's also monitoring to make sure that, you know, you're not doing things that you think are productive but might be detrimental because you're just delaying the action. You can plan and you can plan. And I know that about myself, that that's been a thing where it's like plan, plan, plan. I don't know how to do this. And you're searching all these things on Google and you're taking courses on LinkedIn and all this other stuff. And it's like, you're good. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you're good at what you do. People believe in you work with that and go and attack it. And if it doesn't work out or it changes, at least you can say you tried it and you can move on and you'll never have a regret with that. I firmly believe Maybe I will. Who knows? But I'm willing to find out. And I didn't give myself that chance. But again, my race was over in that realm of local TV news and chasing that traditional dream that I thought was the path and was the path for a long time. But I don't want to do that anymore. I want to do different stuff. I still want to do the sideline reporting. I'd love to work for an NBA team one day or, you know, cover an NBA team, like for sure. But I also want to try some other stuff in the interim. And if that doesn't come to fruition, that's fine. Um, maybe I have something where I'm going to establish something that's going to resonate for more people, uh, build streams for other people to be successful, all of that. Like it's wide open. I am not committing myself to anything in terms of this is the end all be all. I have some goals that I want to do and who knows where it gets me, but I'm going to try and attack them all and have fun doing it. At the end of the day, if I don't work for an NBA team and I work at, you know, the Canadian elite basketball league for the rest of my life and I'm having fun, then great. That's, that's the whole point. Mm-hmm. Right. It's not about the money. It's about having fun. I love basketball. I'm at a basketball court. I'm working in sports. That's the playground of employment <laughs> like for me. Right. So that's the thing. It's just I, I'm going to attack the other things. I have the time to do it now. And then if an opportunity comes up and I think it's worth it, I'll take advantage of that. And I think I'll be a little easier at letting go whatever I was doing there. If I know that opportunity is better where I think before it was. Yeah, there's opportunities there, but I have to go chase them. And like, I have something really good here and I built so much. Like, why would I let it go now? And that could be a dangerous thing too. Like I worked so long to get to where I am. I'm going to let it all go. Mm -hmm. That's that internal battle. I think now through that experience, if I'll know when the opportunity is right and I'll be, I'll be sad to let things go. There's always a sense of sadness, but Mm -hmm. there's also, I'm leaning more towards the excitement. That's what I've learned. That's right. And you'll never, you'll never, you'll never make the wrong decision so long as you're doing just that. The money and everything will always come so long as you chase that fulfillment. Of course, there's that, you know, that logic that kind of needs to step in and we do need to bring ourselves back and recognize we need to survive and all that kind of stuff. But so long as you chase that fulfillment, opportunities will come, money will come, but you will be happy. And that is the most important thing of all. And that is truly a way of thinking and a way of living that is possible and within reach. And we really do create our reality. So, Joey, honestly, it's been, um, It's been such a gift to share this time and space with you today. It's a gift to dream. It's a gift to desire more and to long for more and to really go after what it is that you want. You get one life. And I think that you're incredibly courageous. I think you're talented. I think there's no 
doubt or shortage of opportunities that's going to come your way. I think you're going to do incredible things. I can't wait to see what you're doing six months from now, five years from now, 20 years from now. But I hope that it's everything that aligns and resonates with you and the right people will always resonate because they feel you, they feel your energy, they see what drives you. And those are going to be the people that that you resonate with and vice versa. So truly, congratulations on everything. And I can't believe that, I can't believe the alignment that you're in Toronto and we got to do this and um, meant to be, everything was meant to be. And thank you. And even for yourself, like just this platform, I mean, I'm always the host, you know, on podcasts and everything I've done. I'm always the interviewer. So it's kind of fun and different to be in this position, uncomfortable to an extent, but an exciting way. And, uh, you know, I think what you're doing too, like just giving these platforms for, you know, I hope that there's someone out there that resonates with something that I said and, you know, can move ahead with it. And I, you know, same deal from the guests you're going to have when I'm listening, there'll probably be something that I'm going to learn through that too. But, you know, you've done so well for yourself. And I Mm -hmm. think that your aim and your goal, your brand is something that is, is very valuable to a lot of people. Cause I think you're doing it for the right reasons. And it's been a real privilege to be on the show. Like, thank you for thinking of me and having me on here. Uh, I was really looking forward to it. And I think that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very fortunate to be here. So thank you. Well, that goes both way. I'm so grateful. So thank you. And well, folks, a classic line from Joey. Do you remember this line? I wasn't here at that time. You said it in Timmins when you signed off. Do you remember? No. I happened to say it in my day today. That's all we got. <laughs> that is all we got. You know, it's funny because I say that like, mm, that's all I got. But in this particular case, folks, Joey Slattery, <laughs> I'll let you take this one. That's all I got. That's all we got. That's all I got. I love it. I love it. I thought it was funny because I actually say that on a daily basis. And when you were coming on, I'm like, you know, what's so funny. I said this, this was a joke at CTV when I was there and you said it too. I think Michelle even said, and it's something that you say, and I don't know if that's something you wanted to forget. No, uh, uh, I'll never forget. It was one of my first live hits. Oh, that's right. Michelle was was there because she was coming to tour to make sure like our new technology was working. And I'm not kidding you. She was like, like closer than that wall is to me. And the first, like it was a top and tail for a pack. And then, yeah, like I, the top was great, but I was just starting. And that was a lesson I learned. I tried to memorize my script. That was mm. the last time I ever had a, a memorized script. I, I've never memorized a live since. And I remember I got through the first one, her and Kyle Jennings were laughing and, oh, you know, yeah. and I was talking too. like, I was, I was at ease. I'm like, oh, I just killed the first live. Now I just got to get these two sentences out and throw it back to Tony and I'm sitting there and the sentence that I forgot did not mean anything. Like, it, like if I didn't say that sentence, I could just signed off right there and it wouldn't have changed the story at all. And I said the first line and then I start the second line and I forget. I'm thinking. And. Uh, and. Um, it's all I got. It's all I got, Tony, back to you. <laughs> and uh, I remember like it cuts out and I look over and Michelle's just like. Are you, are you okay? Like, cause I'm like, like, you know, like, am I going to cry? Am I going to like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's just, I lost, like I blanked, I lost my train of thought and we all bursted laughing. Like that was like the one moment where she was like really, really good uh, for me. Like in that moment, like, cause we all laughed it off and we talked about it that night. Like we, like the whole staff from CTV Timmins went like, you know, to have a drink after and that. And uh, like, I never lived it down, but like in that moment, it was a learning experience. Just like, yeah, like. Don't take yourself so serious. Like in that moment, like there's no way out of this. Like, yeah, that's all I got. Thanks, Joey. (laughs) Thank you.